We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the Eurostep Podcast Network post-Game 6 of the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Atlanta Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm Rohan Kadi from the Eurostep. Joining me today are Adam McGee and Jordan Tresky from the Win in 6 podcast. And that is very poignant because we are recording live after the Milwaukee Bucks have advanced to the NBA Finals after winning in six in the Eastern Conference Finals. Adam Jordan, how is it going? It's pretty good. You know, <laughs> it's been worse, Ron. This is great. It's finally, you know, Jordan and I have been hosting a podcast for five years that had a novelty name. Not anymore, Jordan. Not nope. anymore. Yeah, a uh, very relevant name. Finally, I don't have to explain why <laughs> this is the name of a podcast for a Bucks podcast that no one has the backstory for. Um, the Bucks are in the finals. What? <laughs> we just I'm, witnessed. They just got the a Milwaukee trophy. Book. Yes, we just trophy. saw them get a trophy. And it's not a certain well, they'd even win summer league. That's my old oh, staple. God. Oh, Jordan, not now. <laughs> not now, Jordan. No, Jesus, we saw I them race. Never need the... to take them a summer league again. There was a time where really we discussed, you know, you know, would there need to be a parade for a summer league championship? Was that is that the ceiling? Is that as good as it could get? But here they are, they're in the finals. It's incredible. 
we just saw them raise the Eastern Conference Championship trophy. We have been uh, carefully watching uh, certain Instagram lives from players inside the locker rooms. We will update you if anything uh, happens, let's say that. But yeah, uh, we are obviously filled with emotion here. So this is going to be a unusual episode. We can say that. Uh, um, that was definitely a game. We're going to try hard to actually talk about the game. But first, let's just let's appreciate this moment. We're sort of doing that right now. Adam, you just got to that point. We were talking about summer league titles not that long ago. Not that long ago. We all started like covering this team at around the same time. So mm-hmm. we have seen this team go from the absolute doldrums of the league to now they're in the NBA finals. They are playing for an NBA championship. It's, it's been a wild ride, much like this game, um, but it's been just a monumentous uprising, not only for this franchise, but for the city, for the state, for the players involved, everyone involved. It's just been a constant rise. And it's, all coming together at the best possible time. It's been 47 years. It's been 47 years. Like there just aren't many fans out there who've been through this. There really aren't. Like it, it's not just people our age. It's just people like us who've been really living the ups and downs of the Milwaukee Bucks experience the last few years. It's been 47 years. This isn't about, you know, oh, in 2001, they got so close and, you know, they got screwed by the refs. No, they've got past that. They've, they're, they're in the finals. They're in the finals. For the third time in franchise history, the Milwaukee Bucks will be playing for an NBA championship. And it's truly, truly incredible. I really started to feel emotional seeing the trophy presentation. I, I wasn't expecting that because you don't think, oh, you know, the Eastern Conference Finals trophy presentation, it's not the thing you market as. But for this team, first and foremost, you know, to win a championship, you've got to get to the finals. But it's been the idea of just, you know, can they get out of these? Can they get there and give themselves a chance for so many years, even with the team on the up? And to see them actually do it, to see them do it in the way they did, which was to give us the full Milwaukee Bucks experience in that fourth quarter. You know, <laughs> I might have had a wager on the books tonight, right? There was a, an early payout option for you know if they're up by 20 points you get paid out so i got paid out in the third quarter and yet i was losing my mind as the game was coming down the stretch of the fourth quarter it doesn't get more books than that this is kind of the way it should happen for the books but let's also you know all of the talk throughout this postseason about you know the books have have had you know good breaks in terms of health that's changed up a bit recently, and they've they've won back-to-back games without Giannis to get to the finals. That is truly incredible, and that's a real mark of multiple key players on this team. Like the, a lot of the same guys who stepped up, stepped up again, but some of them in ways that you know we talked about Brooke, particularly in the last game, legacy game. There were legacy games out there again. Drew Holiday had a defensive game that I've rarely ever seen the likes of. Like we were getting excited about him snatching the ball away from like one guy in the last game. He did it like six times in this game. Just absolutely mind-blowing. And Chris Middleton, what what is left to be said about Chris Middleton? What is, what is left to be said? With Chris Middleton 
playing the way he is right now, there is absolutely no reason that the Milwaukee Bucks cannot win a championship. I mean, well, that's a I have a tough act to follow right now, <laughs> but it's just one of those things where you go through Bucks fandom, and I mean, we're not even talking about the 15 win season, like because that was like that was almost relief if you remember being there because it was it was all the the years of just being in the middle and just kind of just existing, but nothing. There was no progress. There's no decline. You're just riding the uh, treadmill mediocrity, as they say. And it was just like, what is this future? The future of the franchise was in question. Own the future. Exactly. As as much fun as we made (laughs) of that slogan and all this stuff. And just like, this is, as much as it has been a process for the players and just building this roster from, you know, hoping that you get a franchise changing pick in the draft and it doesn't work out. It does not work out. It goes up his flames <laughs> and they hit on this Greek kid. You, you, like everything just, ha- I'm, this is, I'm going to be rambling and not. That's no, coherent. that's the point. That's the point. <laughs> but Go it's just it. like when, when you see like the cliches of like you, you take your lumps, you get your, once you make it to the playoffs and you're fortunate enough to make it to the conference finals, and lose miserable fashion. Like, no one makes it that easy. That year, I remember thinking, 2018-19, I was thinking, Bucks are going to win a championship. This is the team. that Everything is breaking right for them. It was like how Golden State was four years before that. And it doesn't happen. And then last year happens when, you know, the craziest thing that happens, if, you know, now in my lifetime, but, like, just all this stuff happens that goes against them. And I'm not even talking about the years of when they were super good under the winningest coach in NBA history mm-hmm. or second winningest coach in NBA history. And they still can't get there. They, they can't even win more than two conference finals games in Don Nelson's like era. It, I don't, I don't know what all this means if they're in the freaking finals. And it's just insane. I, it's beyond my wildest dreams, obviously. It's, it's even as much the as trials me. and tribulations. That's what yes. we're getting at. That's what we're getting at. Because there's been so much that's happened. There has been so much that has led up to this moment. And given, like, this isn't the bottom top. Like, this, this is the top. Like, you, there are two teams remaining. And it is a winner-take-all for it all. And the Milwaukee Bucks are there. They're there. It's four games, first to four games wins it all. Through everything. Like Jordan, you're talking about like that Don Nelson era, like just getting through those 80s and 90s. Like you're just you can't like <laughs> you're you Jason Kidd. Yes. Jason this, Kidd. They'll own the future. This all started with freaking Jason Kidd in a commercial saying, let's do this. Rod like, Torn. <laughs> Justin Zanuck. Like spill oh all the weird God. stuff. I, I believe my personal books journey began on, I think it's the 10th of January, 2015. And I looked up this box score earlier because I know this is the first, the first article I ever wrote about the books, the first piece of content, which, my God, there's been like 6,000 of those since about this team. And it was a story about the man of that night 
who was the recently signed 37-year-old Kenyon Martin, who came off the bench to go a perfect tree of tree and help the Bucks to victory over the Minnesota Timberwolves. So I feel like that was like their 12th loss in a row to Timberwolves. That that's like that was in not the lowest point either. But I just I started to think of that before this game, and it's it's wild. Like the three of us have, you know, like all Bucks fans have gone through it. Uh, really, really gone through it over the years. And the older you are, the more you've gone through it. But in just like podcasting with this team, writing about this team, some of the things, some of the things we've seen, <laughs> some of the things we've heard, you know, there's there's a real kind of deep-rooted lasting damage there. We know all about the lasting damage that just afflicts the fan base. It's the reason why when that gap closes to six late in the game. Like people are having a meltdown. I had tweets like celebratory tweets that, you know, if this was another team and this was another fan base, I'd probably have fired off with 10 minutes to go. But it's like, you're afraid till there's like 90 seconds left and they're up 10. And then I press send on one and it went to seven. And I was like, oh no, did I, did I go too soon? Like there, it's just, it's so deep rooted to fear the worst, to not trust this team. And we've seen it happen over and over again that they'll fall flat in their face. And yet I really think they were set up in the past week to fall flat in their face. Like everything was there, you know. Luck could have been conspiring against them. Cam Reddish turned into Kevin Durant. I don't know if anyone noticed this. Might be good (laughs) that the books got a good look at KD because Cam Reddish came back after four months out with injury, and it's just like, oh, I'm Kevin Durant now. It might be good that he didn't play until game five. So, <laughs> yeah, I agree I mean? with that. I agree <laughs> with that. Although the Bucks, the Bucks won the games he played in. Um, but just the fact that they've managed to get over the line here, I think that's, that's something that no matter what comes next, this is such a monumental step forward for the franchise. This brings them to the point that, you know, we, we've believed they were in recent years or we wanted them to be when they racked up regular season win after regular season win. But, you know, everyone can just say they're just a regular season team or you can't take them serious when it gets to a certain point. That's gone. That's done. That doesn't mean people won't discredit them. That doesn't mean that people won't talk about, oh, you know, this player was out injured or that player was out injured. Guess what, though? 28 fan bases are, you know, rooted to their couch, watching their teams along with Guess their what? players Giannis from isn't playing. He didn't play. <laughs> They won two games without him. They closed it out on the road without Giannis having to play. It's it's incredible. It really says a lot about this team. And I think for all of the things that I'm sure we'll talk about in this episode or in preview episodes, or that will come up game to game throughout the series against the Suns. Like, can you doubt Chris Middleton now? Can you doubt Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez? Like these guys can get it done. This team can win well, it all. You can't. I. I don't think it is. He's going to do things that are going to drive everyone no, insane. But that's what I'm saying. Is that? He, but he's also made some good adjustments, and they're at this point. You know, yeah. it's there is no one. I think literally no one. Not even Giannis on this team is perfect. But they've all they've all had their moments. Like Ty isn't here to really kind of ratchet up their Jersey retirement case tonight. Pat Connaughton, talk about having a big game. Pat Connaughton had a mega game six, like game six again, where you're you're putting yourself in the franchise history books. There's so much of that. I mean, I can't believe it hasn't come up by now. This is really what we should have led with. 
the Jeff T game. The Jeff T game happened. I called it all along. You know, that's what that's what you call having foresight. You know, he waited, he waited until the stakes were about at their highest. Maybe there's a bigger game to come. I know everyone would be all for seeing more Jeff Teague in the finals, but at a night where they kind of needed every point, (laughs) they got some points from guys on the bench and it was ugly. It was ugly, but they're there. And what else matters? I cannot. I just, I'm in disbelief that the Jeff Teague game is real. If I'm being honest, like I, I, I went along with it as a bit. Like, sure. <laughs> it was not a bit. When I said it, I really believed it. Commit to the bit. Did I doubt myself um, since I said it? Yes, every single moment. But when I said it, I meant it. It's something he has done throughout his career. And really, all he needed was you know, to be booed by Hawks fans and have a chance to get over the hump he couldn't get over with Atlanta. Talk about Bud as well. Like, when you see how happy Bud is on the floor at the end. Like, this is a franchise that Schlenk came in and was just like, yeah, you're not my coach. You're you're getting out of here, which is really what happened. Like, it was a mutual parting of ways. But if Bud wasn't willing to do that, he would have been fired by the Hawks just because he didn't, you know, fit anyone's eyes. Now he's beaten them in a conference finals and he's going to the finals. Wow. <laughs> just, just, just Wow. That's that's all that's really going through my head right now. Like, I I want I feel like we should talk about this game a little bit. Yeah, but like, of course we're going to talk with the game. <laughs> yes, no, we will. Jordan, what what is it? What does this just mean to you personally? Um, because we all have like a person. Like, we try to be as objective as possible. We're, we're all like invested. Jordan, in this personally. you're like you're. Just about to finish up a behind the book pass after all these years, after all yes, six years, thousands of hours. <laughs> Trust me, I know I've been there. I had this great fantasy of riding out into the sunset, and instead, they lost to the Miami Heat in the second round at Disneyland. Instead, <laughs> you you are going to come in the finals. What does that mean to you? Because that that means a lot to me, and I'm not even you. It means more writing. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't, I mean, it's just, again, it's it's not just this season, even though, I mean, the highs and lows are just like the net series and just kind of like, you want to feel like abandoning ship. Rick Carlisle, Rick Carlisle gets fired. Everybody's like, get him, get him. I, I, I did that. Before the I did that. Same here, same here. And it's just like, you, I think ultimately the feeling of them finally reaching this point and you see like the last few years, especially when the Bucks are actually competitive, when they actually have a chance to get to this point and you just see like the Heat, the Lakers, like the, the Warriors, LeBron, basically, if you see the you see LeBron, you see the Warriors a couple years ago before they finished out their run, the Heat last year, all this stuff, and you just wish that that's your team above all else. And for a small market team, and I know like hitting that kind of thing like just kind of gets in the cliche territory, but it always feels like the game is rigged against you. People still bring up 2001, and we talked about it the other day. <laughs> like the fact that this 
it just felt like everything is going against the Bucks or just being a small market team in general. And then, as I said with Giannis, you, it hits, you know, like a, a million and one shots and makes everything possible that we're experiencing today. It's just, it, there's nothing like it. And we've seen, I've, it's not like Wisconsin sports teams have not been great recently. Like the pack, I've seen the Packers win two Super Bowls in my lifetime. I've seen the, the Brewers go to two conference, whatever, NLCSs, that's what they call Like all this stuff, like we're, we haven't been robbed of success or anything like that. It sucks when you get to that point and it's heartbreaking. <laughs> and all the stuff that we can just, you know, recount like in the back of our hand and all that stuff. But now, like, that's, this is, it's out of the window for me right now. They're at the finals. This is all you wanted to see and dream of and all that stuff. It's just, I don't know. It's crazy. Rohan, you're asking too many questions. What does this mean to you? <laughs> the light is swinging back towards Rohan. <laughs> I mean, like, I I haven't been in nearly as invested in this team as much as you guys have, like, throughout, like, in terms of time and stuff like that. Like, I, out of, like, us four, I'm the one who's joined the latest. Like, uh, Adam, you were talking earlier about your first ever work uh, for writing. My first ever uh, writing, first of all, was awful. Please do not look it up. Uh, and it was, about, it was about how the Milwaukee Bucks, like, after having, like, a surprise playoff run in the 14-15 season, just completely fell on their face the next season. And it's like, oh man, how much has changed in the last year? <laughs> like, that's what it was about. That was my introduction to Milwaukee Bucks coverage. That season, man. And now we're here. And now we're here. Like, I can only echo what you guys have said previously, but just seeing this team go through, like, I feel like, like I'm I'm the youngest one of the four. I like I feel like I've grown up with this team a little bit. Like I felt like I've matured with this team. And just seeing them go through these battles, like I've dealt with my own personal battles. Like this year, like this year sucked for me personally. I've been through too much personal trauma to really get into. But seeing them just reach the mountaintop and like it it, it inspires you. You feel like, oh, if they can do it, why can't I? It's that's sort of like you can always keep going, you can always keep fighting, no matter what hits, no matter what outside pressures really hit. Like because if there's anything, it's outside pressure that's really impacted this Milwaukee Bucks franchise throughout the years. It all started with like the NBA itself being like, okay, we're gonna move you to Seattle, to now like just media pressure being like, oh, what's Giannis gonna do? Oh, is this team good enough? Is Chris Middleton good enough? Like all who's Batman? Like, exactly. Like whatever. Sure. <laughs> But all of those outside pressures sort of, they can get to people. They can get, because these are human beings. Like they're, it's a franchise, everything like that. But like they're humans. <laughs> like everyone gets affected by things. It's how you keep going. And this team just keeps going. Like this journey's not over. And because like they're one of two teams standing, their names are etched in the history books forever, forever not just franchise history, just NBA history books. It's just a story of how you can keep fighting. And that's why, that's why I really gravitated toward this team throughout the years. It's like, you can have the worst opportunities presented to you, but 
even though you have the worst odds, you can still get there. That's what this team is showing. Yeah, and I think the point you make there that I think really stands out to me is like this team has been good for a few years and they've been really close. And they're really close and they haven't got it. That thing they're after, as you said, this is something that everyone could relate to on a personal level. It's theirs within grasp and they just haven't got it. And they've on occasions fallen embarrassingly short of something that it seemed like was within their grasp. But you do look at them now and you look at a team that has grown, a team that has matured and a team that just really doesn't get affected by that noise in the same way it used to. This is a team now that looks like, you know, they can win. They don't just look like it. They've done it. Like they've done it, particularly the last two series. You know, it doesn't matter what tough spot they found themselves in against the Brooklyn Nets, against the best player in the NBA from high money. They found a way through that. It doesn't matter that, you know, they take a couple of punches in this series and then they find themselves without the two-time MVP, without their best player, their talisman. They find a way to get it done. Like, it was something that came up on the last pod. We talked about, you know, how this Chris Middleton is different to the Chris Middleton of two years ago. I think he is very much representative of this team in terms of, you know, the journey from where they were to where they are now, because there wasn't a guy on this team who could come up with a 20 or 25 point quarter when it really mattered two years ago, where now it's just like someone does it. Someone comes up with the play, and honestly, it it blows my mind every time. It's the kind of thing that we'd see them play really good, like beautiful basketball times, particularly, say, early Bud's first year. There was some really good stuff, but it would come down to the clutch, and you're like, are they going to get a shot? Are they going to get a shot? Is actually, you know, I should stick with that, because there'd be often times where they wouldn't get a shot, and you're like, well, that was a complete mess. That was happening earlier this season, but they've just suddenly clicked into a different mental gear where they're finding ways to score when they need to. They're finding ways to get stops when they need to. And increasingly, I just look at like more and more guys in this roster and I'm like, they're winners. They're winners. The books have a team full of winners. That's how you get to this point. But it's also what could carry them across the line. It could mean this isn't the only championship or the only trophy, I should say, um, that we're going to be talking about, that we're going to be celebrating in the next few weeks that's insane all of this is insane it is like a fever dream it really is uh jordan when jordan put up his tweet of drinking for the win and six mug that nearly tipped me over the edge i looked from that tweet to chris middleton with a trophy in his hands and i was like i need to get a grip i need to pull myself together i've got to go on a podcast but there's a you know, there's a chance a few weeks from now that I will just be in pieces and I'm hoping so for all the right reasons because this has been quite a journey for this team. And as you said, Ron, four games, four wins, you know, we've got a seven game series, get four of them, the Milwaukee Bucks will be the NBA champions. And one quick thing I just want to add in to talk about Chris and Brooke to an extent too. Like it's not just, that year of falling short against Toronto when, you know, we all thought like after that happened and immediately after the game, uh, we all remember this, there was the, Oh, Giannis is going to another run to the finals is going to contemplate his future, all that stuff. And it set off this, the, it set off. And then obviously this circle was closed before the start of this season. 
But like we thought that that was their best chance. They had everything there. They had. We talked about a few a few weeks ago, right? If we're honest, like yes. I mean, I, I would still have thought a few weeks ago if you'd asked me, like going to my head, is the Bucks' best chance of getting to the finals? Is their best chance of winning a championship? Was that 2019? Yep. I probably would have said yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we just the the players that they had, all that stuff. Even I mean, we crapped on Miritich before, but like we all thought that was a good addition. Sure. We, it made them deeper. It made them. I will still. Them... It's still a good trade, in my opinion. <laughs> it, that's the thing, though. They were so much deeper then than they are now. Exactly. Yeah, we're talking about Jeff Teague of all people. <laughs> the depth. You the depth is scary, and they've got to the finals. Which in its own right is instructive in a different way and is something yes. that I think we'll take from. It really does matter, you know, what you've got at the top end. Uh, I love Ersan Ilyasova. Does it matter that he's not there as an eighth or ninth guy? No, it absolutely does not. You know, you, you need you need Drew Holiday and you need to, you know, pay to get Brooke Lopez back and you need to basically lock in those top spots, which I've done. But the other thing too that I think about, and you mentioned Brooke too, it's like, Chris and Chris and Brooke. Think of what Chris and Brooke were as players. I know it's different time periods where this happened for them, but before they came to the Milwaukee Bucks, yeah, and like what they've made themselves into along with the Bobby team. Portis, Bobby Portis, Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday, yeah. a really good player, could never get over the hump. Could never. No. You can hear like at the end of his interview when he started to address his teammates and his voice starts to crack because he's been there. So what well, like we didn't hear from. PJ Tucker, who's been on those Rockets teams, who been, he he's I mean he got drafted by the Raptors, but spent five of his first six years playing overseas. overseas. Like, and back to Chris and Brooke, they played in te- for Team USA, the first Team USA to lose in an international competition in like fifteen years, and everybody said that was a joke team. They had all these players back out. They yeah, you know I mean like that's. There, it's not just the, the Bucks thing. It's obviously the players that they added that weren't necessarily on the Bucks, you know, even just a couple of months ago, like in PJ Tucker's case. But like, there's all this adversity and motivation that has been behind this run. And obviously, the organization itself, how we talked about the ownership previously, the big decisions that they may have, may have made or may have not made. And just like, how can you make a championship cal- caliber roster? We heard that for. A long time that you match like John Hammond dates, and all that is validated. They're, I mean, to the simplest meaning of that word, they are going to play for a championship. What I mean, they still have something to prove in terms of just actually winning it all, but like they're there, they're we're, we're there. They've something to prove in terms of winning it all 100%. But there is also, like, I just think this is a complete, like, paradigm shift moment. Let's say the worst happens. And, you know, considering what the worst has been at times for the books in recent years, if the worst that can happen is they lose the NBA finals, you know, it's quite the come up. But what it does for the franchise, like, we talk about really transforming how people view the franchise. So it's not, you know, small market Milwaukee, you know, kind of throw away who wants to go to Milwaukee for the finals. It's not kind of, Oh, the books? Who are the books? Like, we've seen the gradual progression of this and we've seen this change. And this takes it to a whole nother level. You know, all the guys who wanted to come and play for the books, tail end of their career, whatever as it might be already, 
the books have just entered a completely new stratosphere. You know, the books have entered a place where it doesn't mean you get here once you get back again. And that's something I think we'll talk about and the players and everyone will have to be very conscious of over the next couple of weeks, you know, back in 1974, I think a lot of people inside the organization would have been confident. Oh, you know, that was a tough, tough break, but we'll be back here soon. And 47 years later, here we are. But the belief, the confidence, everything that will come with this going forward you know, if you want to build something where this may not be a one-off or where you can at least believe in it year to year, this is the biggest step you can take. This is the biggest step you can take. The books have changed from the team that they have been, from the franchise that they have been for over 40 years. They are not those guys anymore. It's pretty special. I'm, I'm not going to lie. This is a pretty special night. It's just, it's a legacy night. That's what it is, realistic, for every single person involved. Like John Horst, if you want to start there for some reason, because that's who saw the trophy first. I don't know. These are weird presentations. That, that was very weird. Um, particularly, does that not normally go to an owner? And yeah, that's what Edens I was too. there? Disheveled Edens. I think all the, I saw Edens, Lazary, and Mike Fastatelli. Jamie Dynan, what you doing, man? Why didn't why didn't Mike Fasciatelli get presented with the trophy? He like, should have brought back his mustache. That would be incredible. Right here, look at right there. <laughs> oh yeah, tweet this clip out. <laughs> tweet this clip out. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, but yeah, for some reason, John Horst got presented the Eastern Conference uh, Championship trophy first. Uh, but yeah, John Horst, uh, he probably. He, he's had a solid legacy. I mean, like he, in his like second season, he gets executive of the year and it's like, oh, how is a team like Milwaukee with all of the options he gives out, which are still problematic, but that's, that's a different, that's an off season pod issue. Um, these sort of things, like, can he build a championship contender? Yes, he did. The Bucks are in the finals. Can Giannis lead a team? Can Giannis be the best player on a team in the finals? Yes, the Bucks are in the finals. Can Chris Middleton be a good, op- like a second option in the finals? Yes. Chris Middleton just won the Milwaukee Bucks, well, played a big part in helping the Milwaukee Bucks win games five and game six to advance to the NBA finals. Yes. Is Drew Holiday the upgrade they needed? Yes. Is every other addition to the roster, like, are these good additions? Do they help this team in their quest for a title? Yes. Every single one of these questions has been answered. And like a finals appearance for like a player's legacy is incredible, incredible. Not a lot of people get there. This is a very rare thing, which is why we're talking this up so much. Not many. Chris, Chris Paul, pressure. right? Think of the other yes, side. Of exactly. Chris yeah. Paul oh, yeah. has just got here. This... Like all time great. One of the best point guards of all time. Undoubtedly one of the best players of the last 15 years, of the NBA. It's taken him all this time to get there. Like guys like Giannis and Chris, Look at the years they have left to go and do this. Giannis in particular, they're there now and they have their first chance at it now. Like there's so many great players who go their whole career and do not get to this point. So many. Someone like James Harden, like for all of the accolades he has for his place in the history books, if his career finishes right now, he's never been there. Look yes, around the has. NBA, just yes, incredible he players. He has? Okay, see. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah. 
Was he really there? Yeah, he was. Yes, he was. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember him really being there, but he was. He was. But, you know, you get the point. I can no, give no, you other names if we no, 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 no. I don't want to describe Like, that's a fantastic point. The Chris Paul discussion, the Chris Paul love, it's all deserved. Let me say that. But that just speaks to how momentous this occasion is for not only this team, this franchise, but for every single player involved. This doesn't happen. Like, Jordan, you were talking about, like, the Lakers, the Warriors. Like, these franchises, these franchises are used to it. Like, the players that go there, they're used to, like, they go there with the intention of doing this, right? For a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, this is, this is rarefied air. It's rarefied air in general, but especially for a team that has, like, is built with, like, a disadvantage. They're a disadvantage in terms of, like, the NBA landscape. And they just went out there and proved, like, hey, we can do this. We're going to do this. And they went out there and did it. And I mean, again, to like in the next month, they could have, they could win a championship, all pick up rings, and then the three best players could end up going off to the Olympics to chase like gold medals and possibly be, you know, their best player be the biggest threat to their second and third best players in that kind of mix. The Greeks have one more game to get there, but to their credit, they're within a game without Giannis, without Tanasis, without so many of their key players. Like, and you've got Drew and Chris on again, not as Jordan pointed out, you know, not the joke team now. You know, everyone wanted to dismiss that team a couple of years ago. No one is going to be doing that with this team. And yet, two of the Bucks' best players are there. And all you have to do is look at this game. Like, they combined for 59 points, 16 assists, and seven steals. And honestly, I feel like. Drew's being cheated there somewhat, but there, there's no doubting just how good these guys are. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm not giving any disrespect to any former books. Every book, anyone who's ever pulled on a books jersey, part of, well, maybe not everyone, not you, Nikola Miritich, but everyone else, this moment, you know, in part belongs to you. But a lot of talk about big trees over the years and the books have had some like legitimate all time big trees and then some big trees that were just, you know, special places in everyone's heart, but maybe not quite what you need to get over the line. This is a big tree that's good enough to get you over the line. Yeah, that's why we're here right now. I mean, I agree right with you. I mean, like you you have to play the cards you're dealt like (laughs) that's like these things happen. Like, I know that's a joke, obviously, but they needed. No, Jordan's serious. He thinks yeah. he thinks Bobby's part of it. I'm stunned into silence, but <laughs> now, Drew, Chris, and Bobby are good enough to win you a conference finals game. Like to win two conference finals game. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, there was also Brooke Lopez. I mean, yes, let's... that's also fair. But I know I'm you're the cult to... leader, but let's not have this get out of hand completely. Yeah, I can't I can't even get mad at that. I can't. I just I'm too overjoyed. And Pat Connaughton. Let's not forget Pat. Yeah, oh Ty's missing out. He could have let's, also let's... go on. Go on, Jordan. I mean to going back to the game because it was part of the actual minutes I saw live. Because <laughs> I had to work tonight, but seeing PJ Tucker hit that three. Oh, after... You missed a lot of pain. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> Like that in itself of everything that you talked about of like things just not going their way and all that. It was like, it, it was a metaphor for PJ's game and just winning the finals, but it was also like, there was more than just this year or that moment behind that shot. If you, oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. 
like in years past, particularly at one infamous occasion, uh, he, he or any of his teammates weren't able to hit a shot at the end with a batter deep. They might have hit them at the start and then not hit anymore. But yeah, for him to actually get one and, I, and a, an important shot, like it helped to close the game out. It really did. It was needed. It's funny, like for they, they're not where they are without the best quarter of Chris's career in, in the third. They scored 44 points as a team, which they needed every one of those. They really, they needed every point they got tonight. Like they needed yes. all uh, Jeff Teague's 11 points. Is the, the difference, difference between this game going to overtime or not. Like a Teague of their own, baby. This oh is the Teague my. game. This is There's playoff no crying Teague. when you're going to the finals. <laughs> I don't know if you saw after the game when Jeff Teague was like, he was having a moment himself. He was walking down the tunnel and he was just pumping his fists. And I was like, yes, Jeff T. He's actually riled up. <laughs> just incredible, incredible stuff. Um, a guy that I might be rooting harder for uh, to succeed and get a ring than any other books fan. Yeah, I've got a lot of baggage there. I like a lot of baggage with this series in general. You know, it's complicated. As I, I did tweet about it. I could have come to this podcast wearing three Jeff Teague jerseys. I do own three Jeff Teague jerseys. I I started to look for them and I went, you know what? I'll be too warm. Let's just, you know, we could save that for the finals, Jeff Teague. Was yeah. your plan to wear all three at once? I was going to, I just thought I promised it's on Twitter was what I was going to do. Where you put on as many Jeff Teague jerseys as you Yeah, I, I could also put on like the Grievous Vasquez jersey. I also, there's a Jabari jersey. So my books jersey look has not been good. Um, Let's hope my Brook jersey doesn't arrive till like after the finals. But shout out to Justin Superbuck with the moist Jordan uh, Chris oh, Middleton jersey. Wow, <laughs> that's a lot. It's a lot. I I respect I respect Justin for doing that, but that's a lot. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. 
We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. A man does sweat, I'll say that. <laughs> but, yeah, just... I don't know how let's, we're talking. Let's go to the game. Come on. Yes, I was like, I don't know how we're talking about Jeff T jerseys here. Well, um, because we're going to have to talk about him again. Yes, minute. yes. Um, Jeff Teague does play in this game. Oh, uh, you're, are you going to lay to Teague? Yeah, why not? We're already talking about him. Okay. So you play, he comes into the game, and you can immediately see, or at least I see my Twitter timeline, just collectively grown, right? And I was a part of that. I mean, I didn't tweet about it. I've been... Not tweeting as much during games because I don't want to jinx it, and I've been a little bit behind, but that's a different story. Um, but Jeff T comes in, and immediately the Hawks go on a run, and that's because of Danilo Gallinari and not Jeff Teague. I will say Correct. that. Correct. You did Jeff tweet Teague, about that. Yes, I did. Jeff Teague was not the cause of those problems, and then he starts to hit shots, and people are like, oh. Oh, well, Adam, you know this for sure, because you were My getting all of, the, <laughs> all of the Jeff T game mentions. I think the second three went in, and I got, like, within 20 seconds, like, I got eight mentions of, you know, some variation of T game, Jeff T game. Jordan came in later. He finished up work, and, like, the third Jeff T triple went in. Jordan got in on the act. I appreciate all of you who were, you know, stayed true, true believers, and we got True our believers. <laughs> but I didn't actually grow when T came into the game. And part of the reason for that is Bryn Forbes was <laughs> not good again. He did he did hit a couple of shots. Um literally one, a one couple tree, but not good minutes. And I, I think he was worse than like at that point I was like sure Teague's coming in Thanasis had got a minute where you know what maybe it hurts me to say this but maybe this is too deep in the playoffs for the Thanasis experience maybe this is just too these waters are very deep Um, with the way he flaps his arms around I don't know if he could stay afloat maybe it's just too dicey because at that point I really thought my God, Pat is all they've got here. Like Pat is really, and we talked about this in the last episode. It's like they really ideally would just be a six man rotation, except there's nothing ideal about only being able to be a six man rotation. And Teague came up with the goods. I mean, there aren't too many nights in Jeff Teague's career where he's attempted three triples and he's made all of them. In fact, I would say there are very, very few of those. And for it to happen, on this night in that arena is just it's poetry it's it's truly truly special and jeff teague had the game that you know former hawk being brought into this books team the box connection everything 
he had the game that everyone would have expected Kyle Corver to have at a moment like this a year ago. Who knew that Jeff Teague was really the sharpshooter who was going to come in from Bud's Hawks and push the books over the edge when it mattered most? That's what happened. Tree a tree from deep. Jeff Teague, take a bow. I'm stunned. I have no words. I forgot about Kyle Corver, if I'm being completely wow, honest. Wow, that's rude. Yeah, no, Kyle Corver seems like a great guy. Uh, but... Yeah, I completely forgot he was on the team last year. Um, And just him, that's a wild thing to say, that he's the sharpshooter that comes in for the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, you're not wrong. The truth hurts. The truth hurts, Ron. It does. I'm just, I'm so shook that that's a fact. I've taken a lot of of strays this playoff series for the performances of certain books. You know, some deserved, some deserved, some not deserved. Well, this is my moments. This, this is, is my moments. Moment. This I is called the T game one. weeks ago. No one believed me. Not even me. But here we are. Jeff Teague has brought the books to the NBA Finals. I believe. Did you say that during the Brooklyn preview? The Miami preview? I, I think it was in the Miami. Yeah. I think it was before the playoffs started when we... Maybe did we... Was our first crossover episode just before yes. the Heat series? Yes. Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was our first crossover episode. So I, you know, strutted on to the Eurostep Podcast Network, put my cards on the table, the Jeff T game's coming. I hope you all went to the bank with that. <laughs> I mean, Mike Budenholzer did. Like, <laughs> we could say that for sure. But I know Jeff Teague is the star in your heart, Adam. Sure. But tonight, the real stars, well, the, the biggest star, was Chris Middleton. The biggest star was absolutely Chris Middleton. He put on an absolute show. In Can I interrupt court. you just to ask, because this course. is we might be able to have some fun with this, because Jordan has only seen about four minutes of this game, and really, yeah. we knew this was perfect. Like, this, if ever there was a Vibes episode of the podcast, <laughs> this was it. So Jordan was drafted in to be Vibes guy, and I think that's perfect for you. It's a role you enjoy, too. Do you actually know how many points Chris Middleton had in the first half? You you might have seen it on Twitter, but I'm just curious. No, I don't think I. Well, if I he had 23 in the third quarter, right? Mm -hmm. He's going to get close as a result, but yeah. Four, five, six. He had had five points in the first half. It was it was really really fast like really bad where I was like, oh, this isn't going to be fun. Like, even if they get to the finals, we're going to have to have a conversation about just a a really grim disappearing act from Chris. And then he had 23 points in the third quarter and literally looked more unstoppable than he's ever looked in his life. And there are Hawks players who are going to have nightmares. I think John Collins, even going back to the previous Chris game, just will never want to see it again. Um, just across the board, everyone like Bogdanovich, who's a game defender who gives good effort if he's not necessarily the best. He saw plenty of shots dropped over his head. Kevin Herder, for all of the fight he put in this series, he saw Chris make a lot of shots. It, it was just a shot making masterclass of the level that, like, very, very small number of guys in the NBA are even capable of. But sorry, I interrupted you, Rowan, to just to get the perspective to see, did Jordan have any idea how bad it was? Because when you look at 32 points 
um, you're like, wow, what a what a performance! And really, he had to turn that all the way up in such a short space of time. It's unbelievable he did it. It really is. It was a miracle, not a miracle. <laughs> yeah, but... no, let's call it a miracle. Yes, not like I was trying to say. It was like that third quarter. Yes, that was a miracle. It was a miracle that also the Bucks were winning in that first half realistically because the hawks were really starting to close that gap in that second quarter like the first quarter they really you know they they neither team really could buy the hawks were terrible like in the first half the the books were very bad but they were clearly the better team like i i do feel like and i felt at the time like the books are going to win this game now i thought it could be very uncomfortable before chris did that and guess what it was uncomfortable anyway but The Hawks yeah, were yeah. super bad, which was very helpful to the books. No, they they were so bad. Like, I say it's a miracle that the Bucks were winning at half because we've seen this story before. We've absolutely seen this story before. We see the Bucks just come out, they shoot flat, they can't make a single jumper to save their lives. We've seen it too many times this postseason. Like, my goodness, is this this is just going to be a yearly thing? I can tell. Uh, it already has been, I guess, but it comes out again. They're shooting less than 40% for the field, five of 19 from three. And it's like, oh God, it's happening. It's happening again. And then the third quarter hits and Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton puts the team, puts the franchise on his back. Goes eight for 12 in the quarter, four of seven from deep. It seemed like both teams finally, like the floodgates finally opened in that third quarter for three point shooting. more so for the Bucks, realistically, because uh, they shoot nine of eighteen from three in that quarter. Meanwhile, the the Hawks are three of nine, but three threes for the Hawks in a quarter is still that was good for that first half. But Chris Middleton, when he gets going, he is one of the most dangerous players in the entire NBA. If that first shot starts to, if that first shot falls and then the next one hits, just run, just cower in fear because there is an avalanche coming if chris middleton after getting cold hits two shots in a row just like kiss your loved ones goodbye like my goodness that's absolutely what happened shot after shot after shot he was that entire bucks offense it was just like okay give me the ball i'm bringing the ball up the court i am doing what i need to do and the entire team's like yeah go for it like you're hot do this Giannis said it best at the end of, I can't, what game was it? Uh, game three, I believe, or game four? I, game three. Well, it was when game he, three, because it was his big, the comeback. The day Chris yes. retires. Yes, yeah. that game, where he was like, I trust, I trust Chris to death, so if he wants the ball, I'm giving him the ball. The entire team was like, yeah, yeah, we trust you too, Chris. And Chris absolutely delivered. I just, I have no words for his performance. I've been a Chris Middleton stan as the kids say, I'm, I, I don't know, I'm not old, but you're a kid. <laughs> that's a <laughs> you, are, you are the kids. Strong. That's, that's a little strong. You're Jason. Uh, but <laughs> that's, that's the, we don't want to word it like that. No. Yeah. Let's, let's tell to say Rowan's kid to Jason. So let's yeah, move let's on. Let's move on swiftly <laughs> and say that Chris Middleton, like I, I've been a stand of Chris Middleton. The Eurostep podcast has been a strictly pro Chris Middleton podcast, though he has had us sort of been like, are we a pro Chris Middleton podcast? But we've stuck through it. And that's the that's, experience, right? And yes. we, we touched on this the other day. It's like, yeah, he's not Kevin Durant and he's not Giannis. So 
there is that gap there that everyone has to reckon with. Everyone has to, you know, understand it's not going to be every game. But with the player he's become, is he the guy the Suns are going to be most worried about over the next few days? Like, he's the one where they've got to get it right. They have a they have a player or two who can guard him, but he's the one that even if Giannis is back and Giannis as well, if you let Chris get away from you, you know, you're in big trouble against his books team. And with how he's playing, with how he's feeling, with just how easy it seems to be for him to catch fire in an instant, I think his whole status and even how he'll figure into an opposing team's game plan in the NBA Finals, the NBA Finals is going to be pretty pretty interesting to watch play out over the next the next couple of weeks. Drew just said Chris is the heart of this team and Giannis is the soul of this team. And without them, we really wouldn't be here, obviously. Drew was the hands of this team. Yeah. I think that's Bobby Portis. No, it's definitely Drew. I'm just... No, Bobby is the eyes of this team. Yes, correct. Bobby (laughs) will use his eyes to use his hands for this team. Bobby, like... Look, we've talked a lot about Bobby. This was not Bobby's best game, so we probably won't talk a lot about him in some ways here yesterday. But I actually thought that was a really big moment yesterday for Bobby. Um, what day was yesterday? So people can... Friday. Friday. Thank you, Jordan. Um, Friday, for those of you who may be listening after the fact. But when, like, the old story, the famous Bobby Porter story starts to circulate around Twitter about how his pregame routine was he used to imagine opposing players slapping his mother. And that's how he got himself psyched up to guard them. And this was going around and people were like, yeah, but Bobby Porter's guy's a bit different. And Bobby, who is incredibly online, jumped in to be like, yeah, you know, I've matured since then. That's, that's not who I am anymore. And I was like, you know what? Good for you. And I'm very glad to hear that that's not what, he has to do to get himself in the right place. And you know what? I think it's uh, not a coincidence that he's finding himself contributing to a winning team now that he's no longer going through that particular pregame routine. Imagine your locker being next to Bobby Portis and that's still what he was doing. Like, that doesn't seem <laughs> ideal. Maybe that's what happened with Miritich. Maybe, maybe that is what happened. We will never know the answer to that, and I'm thankfully, I'm kind of glad because we can actually make like fun. He did drop that in in his post game. Did he? Um, his like his podium availability after the last game when he he was asked questions, he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. on his career so far," and he's like, "I've had bust ups and everything." I'm like, "He's damn right, you've had bust ups, Bobby. We all know about it, and we're fully in support of you in that case." Oh man, but yeah, not the greatest game for Bobby Portis, but it has been a great series for Bobby. He, look, Portis. he made some plays when it mattered, though, which is kind of the story for a lot of players. Are we going to Drew next? Is Drew the yes. place to? Yeah. So I guess Drew Holiday, you mentioned Adam, he is the hands of this team. He was in absolute menace on the defensive end. Absolute menace menace we sort of hadn't seen fully locked in drew holiday being like full san antonio spurs Kawhi leonard in this postseason until this series like we were kind of wondering like oh when's it going to happen is it going to happen in the miami series no not really is it going to happen during the brooklyn series Uh, i mean it's a little better it it happened it happened this series and the epitome of that was this game 
that is one of the greatest individual defensive performances that I've ever, ever seen. He was picking up every single member of the Atlanta Hawks at the same time, it felt like. <laughs> like he was everywhere on a given possession. Like he would go from Trey to Gallo. Like he didn't start on Trey. That was an interesting wrinkle. But it was just like, okay, whoever's in front of me, I'm going to guard them. It doesn't matter if they're like a foot taller than me. I'm going to make their life hell on the offensive end, and I'm most likely going to win this interaction. And we just haven't seen that fully locked in Drew Holiday. We're going to need that for the NBA Finals, by the way. If you guys didn't know, the Milwaukee Bucks are in the NBA Finals um, <laughs> against two absolutely elite guards and Chris Paul and Devin Booker. But that was incredible. His off-ball awareness was incredible. His on-ball defense, his on-ball strength, his, just his hands in terms of getting steals. It was incredible. And that's not even mentioning what he was doing on the offensive end. Yeah, he was, uh, like, I mean, he was the guy at the start of the game who, again, which he has done a few times in this series, he's come out and he's found something early. He's breaking out just incredible moves. He just seems to have to split defenders, find the smallest of avenues, get to the rim, and come up with, like, a really acrobatic finish. And he's leveled up in that in the playoffs compared to even what he was doing in the regular season. But, I mean, you really hit the nail on the head there. Like, this is about his defense. And I, I think right from the beginning of the game, it was the defense that set the tone for the books. I liked where they started because it was the defense that was fueling their offense. And it's like, if this is the way the game's going to be played, books are going to win. You know, if they're dialed in defensively and they're going to stop the Hawks from scoring, books are going to win. This is their game, and it will be the same thing will apply on a game to game basis in the next round. It's like if the books are, you know, right on top of it defensively, they are a hard, hard team to beat. I don't think anyone can beat them. And even better when you're seeing kind of the tangible results of that fueling their offense, when it's creating fast break opportunities, or even when it's kind of just demoralizing the Hawks, which I think is something that happened early. Obviously, they rallied back, but you could feel a real tangible kind of effect of that in the first few minutes as the books broke the trend of the series so far and um, were a road team who actually didn't start like 10 minutes late. Um, they showed up for opening tip and they got themselves in the game. And that was because of Drew Holiday on both ends. As the game went on, and particularly as Chris got far in the third quarter, Drew kind of got out of the way, but he got out of the way and got back on defense and made the right plays and made the right passes to find Chris. I think, again, his passing, just a lot of heads up plays. Like Both Chris and Drew had a lot of turnovers in this game. Not in the second half. That's really what got the books to the win, is they tidied that up. But it's something I know that you and I have talked about kind of over the past couple of months, Jordan. Uh, I don't mind it. I honestly don't mind it. If Chris and Drew are having turnovers, they're really working to make something happen offensive. There's nights where that just might might only amount to the turnovers and you lose the game. But there's an Especially aggressiveness there's no that's Giannis. there. Yeah, they, they have you to mean? be so much more aggressive in this yeah. scenario. It's like, do you want them to have zero turnovers and the books to be down by 15? It's, it's not necessarily always as simple as, oh, turnovers, they're not playing well they're having to force it like particularly these last two games those two guys have had to play in a different way and force something for the good of the team and they both did it and drew just 
as you said, one of the best defensive performances I've ever seen. Like we invoked the name of Kawhi Leonard with how he was stealing in the last game. Like this was a full-on Kawhi Leonard performance. This is this is incredible. You look at this and you're like, why was Drew Holiday not in the top three for defensive player of the year? And why like he, he said it himself? Yeah, I was gonna say he he wonders the same thing. But yeah, it's incredible. There's no one like that. Like Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert, come Fraud. on, he dares, Fraud. he dares. <laughs> um, sorry, <laughs> just it's a different kind of defense, and th- this has obviously been an one matters discussion one with the type of defense that can often win you defensive player of the year, and then the type of defense that can win you a championship when you get to the playoffs. Drew has that that ladder type, you know, down. He's he's got that all figured out, and that will never be more important than in the in the finals. Like because he's gonna be splitting time between one of Chris Paul or Devin Booker for every single second he's on the floor. I think he'd be up to the challenge too. Like it, I, the books could not ask for a better player to take on that challenge. It doesn't mean that you're gonna win that battle, like. We'll we'll find out is basically my only answer to that. The Suns are a really good team. Um, I, I, can I admit maybe they're the the first team that I fully respect in this playoff run? I really I was dismissive I respect, of the Nets so I long. The, the Hawks. I respected the Hawks for how they played, what the they Clippers. did, how they got there. Yeah, but their kind of overall composition as a team. And what I thought they could be, how I thought the book should play against them and how that would all shake out. I was very confident, never in a dismissive way, because the Hawks definitely earned their respect and have earned it, you know, going forward. They're, they're a different team. We talk about how this changes things for the books. The Hawks will have to be viewed as a completely different team in the East, given the age profile of their team and given some of the opportunities that will be there for them now. But the Suns, the Suns are different and this, for the books to have a chance to win the series, they're going to really need Chris and Drew to be at their very best and maybe even beyond some of the best we've seen, depending how exactly things shake out with Giannis. The battle for Tory Craig. Oh, yeah. Tory Craig is he's guaranteed got a ring. A ring. Yeah. He's, a, yeah. he's an NBA champion. It's true. Which, what a luxurious position. DJ Augustine, not so much. Well. It's not guaranteed one. He's not guaranteed. Yeah, exactly. He, he definitely he has a still chance. get one. Which, yeah. That's true. Are we sure? Is that DJ Wilson might get a ring? I have less of a problem with that than I do with DJ Augustine. Who else could get a ring? Is that it? Or is that the only roster to know? Is that um, well? There's one guy I could mention, but yes, yeah. we don't. I don't know if the book should be giving a certain. Oh yeah, I forgot right. about him already. And yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> I legitimately forgot. That's how much I care. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I have no idea where where to lead this. Um, pack on, pack on. Let's yeah, do. Let's work our way through players. It's nice and simple. Incredible, incredible yes. performance. It was reminiscent of Game Six and Seven against Brooklyn. The way Pat Connaughton really showed up, especially Game Six, where they needed a win. Milwaukee did, and Pat Connaughton showed up in the mo- in the best way possible. Given he did not shoot a hundred percent from three in this game, it was only three of six. 
but getting three threes from Pat Connaughton is still incredible. And just the way he was getting offensive rebounds, like he wasn't credited. He was only credited with one offensive rebound, but that's because he had a lot of tap outs. He was all over the glass. He was getting steals. He was doing everything that they needed him to do in this game. Like we've talked a lot about, oh, is Pat Connaughton a shooting guard? Do you, stru- do you put him down at the four as his best position? At the end of the day, Pat Connaughton is a Pat Connaughton, and he's going to do what he wants on the basketball court. And in these playoffs, it's been a good thing. I, I'm, I was thinking this during the game, like Ty's starting to convince me a little bit. He's not, oh, I'm not wow. there yet. Not there yet. Not there yet. Absolutely not there yet. But this is a kind of euphoria that I understand more coming yes. out of this. I think Ty was a couple of games early with this particular kind of scorching hot take on it. You know, I think anything could fly tonight. I think you could come out with just about anything. To be clear, to everyone who's not listen. aware, yeah, we're talking about Ty Wood just saying that Pat Compton's jersey should be retired. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think most people, most people are listening now are probably aware because even if they missed the pod, they may have seen it on Twitter where people are like, "What? What? What has? What has gotten into this guy? This guy Ty Windish?" But yeah, he's got. I have been memed. <laughs> things have happened. He's got Pat Compton fever, and who can blame him? Because Pat is making shots. You know, I remember saying it from the day he signed. I don't know how many times I've said it. I've definitely lost count. He, all along, he's looked like a guy who, you know, should be able to make shots. He's got a he's got a pretty nice shooting motion. And he's smart. He'll run off screens. He's he's actually just a really good mover without the ball. Like that goes to his cutting as well. But he'll get himself in positions to make really good offensive plays. And yet for most of his time with the books, he hasn't been able to make shots. That's really changed in the playoffs. At least it feels like it has. I'm actually going to pull up his numbers now in a second in case I'm imagining that. But even if they aren't kind of dazzling, he is again, like it, it goes to just what's the change in this team. He's coming up with the big shots that matter. You know, he is able to produce shots that in the past, just forget about it. They weren't going to happen. And in addition to that, I mean, he's always been a good rebounder due to his athleticism. He's coming up trumps at his rebounding. His defense, like in this game, I thought Pat's defense was great. And like they subbed Bobby out late and it was like we're, we're riding with Pat. And that was quite clearly because of the defense. But yeah, you know, like Pat's 34.5% in the playoffs from deep. I mean, it's somewhat better than he sometimes shoots, but it's not like it's not dazzling. He feels like it's better than that. So he's making making really big shots. I think it also speaks to just like because I was looking at uh, Chris and Drew's like splits this series, and it's like before tonight, I should say. And you see, like Chris is like shooting like it was something. Or basketball Reference hasn't updated yet, probably. Um, as I fill time, yeah, he was hitting twenty four percent of his threes this series. And you're just like, what? But just like the, the weight of each shot, each possession, all that stuff, it like we've gotten used to it the last couple of years, but it just hits a different level when <laughs> when they you're winning and they're it's not necessarily great all the time, or like what you describe as like perfect basketball, but and and how the Bucks have won this throughout this playoff run, it has not been pretty, clearly <laughs> at times. But they, I believe, are still the best defense 
obviously of two teams left already, but the best defensive rating of any of any playoff team. They have found their niche uh, and style of how they want to play and how what they have on the floor, and obviously in just in the rotation, and it has just worked. It's worked whether it's we're talking about Chris, we're talking about Drew. We're talking about Pat Connaughton. We're talking about Jeff Teague in game six in a closeout game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just it's clicking in ways that don't you wouldn't have expected, and yet it's just happening that way. It's a storybook run. It really is. This is yes. one for the ages on both sides, honestly. <laughs> like, like the Suns, you can't think of a better story. And the Bucks, like it's wild like none of these none of the players on either team have ever won a title like that's the first time this has happened i don't know exactly but it's it's been a while since that's happened uh where neither like neither team has a roster a member of the roster that's won a title in their career before it's it's incredible like you're mentioning to, uh excuse me jordan like these things like everything's sort of clicking into place like Pat Connaughton is hitting big shots that really matter. Jeff Teague is playing in closeout games and giving good minutes. Like these things happen. We have guys like Quincy Pondexter tweeting like, "Oh man, Brooke Lopez is in the finals. Let's go!" Like with, these with things <laughs> played with each other. I don't That's know. What... I just saw wasn't it. Quincy Pondexter on the Lakers that year. Was he am really? I, am I imagining that or? I don't know. Honestly, I just saw the tweet and I'm he just like, no, he wasn't. No, they've never played together. Sure. How would they but, know? Quincy played with Robin, no, so maybe to... and I, I believe him and Robin were really good friends. So and he's and he's also from California. Did they go to yeah. high school together? Um no. I actually I actually think they went to high school together. This is now coming back to me. Yeah, sure. you're right. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's incredible. <laughs> that is an incredible fact. I'm glad though NBA players are finally tweeting their love for books performances. This is what I've been asking yeah, it for. Feels good to see for that. quite a while. So I'm glad Quincy Pondexter's come up with the goods. CJ McCollum has he been tweeting again? See? Doesn't seem like it. <laughs> Draymond. I love your your daily pod <laughs> call up to CJ McCollum. It doesn't yeah. seem like he's I mean, say about the books yet, CJ. Like uh, Draymond, anything to say yet? He was Draymond was saying a lot about Brooke Lopez. A lot. Remember when when Chuck told him on TNT, you know, Brooks. No, Brooks changed. He's not just firing trees anymore. And Draymond was like, No, no, I don't. You know what you're talking about. It's like, No, no. The Charles game has Barkley, truly passed the Warriors by. You know, Charles Barkley is the only person who's been paying attention to the books this year. I've said it multiple times. What a bizarre world we live in, which is now exemplified by the fact that the books are in the NBA Finals against the Suns. Against the Suns, the Barkley Bowl. Now you know yep. the the site of his maybe most infamous moment in his career against the team that he is the most most famously associated with for basketball reasons. Yeah. You know, it's a wild thing I just read on Twitter. All of the Atetokounmpo brothers have made the finals that are in the NBA. That's right. And Costas is like, this is too easy. I'm going back to Greece. I'm signing a four-year deal <laughs> with Olympiacos. That's incredible. Bobby Portis just tweeted, Milwaukee, uh, pull up. The gang is on the way. I think he's literally tweeting with flight. Yeah, they are. I've seen that on my timeline. Like they're coming in at like oh. one a.m., which means they're leaving. Jordan, oh. Jordan's about to. 
Like just drop his headphones <laughs> just, and rush yeah. to the airport. I've never seen this look. They tweeted life, the bro. address when they the game seven against the Nets a couple weeks ago. So yeah, everybody knows did. where it's at now. I mean, it's just a it's the private gate of Mitchell, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I would have seen too. But... No, it's not. I don't. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> It's the one place they're going to fly into. Uh, but no, have you, have you seen? Uh, I just quote tweeted it here, but the picture the books put out of Giannis with these. Oh Cooper my God, I almost started crying when I saw Like, that is honestly like take your bread away stuff. It's it's just, it's pretty special. Um, given one, his last few days, <laughs> you know, oh. and what, yeah. what everyone's felt for that, but also just the entire journey, like, the reason for everything else, for all the players who contribute to this, none of it is possible without him, without that guy, without that once-in-a-lifetime pick. And the fact that he signed the Supermax, he's here to stay, and he's getting the rewards for that. You know? Take that, Wes Matthews. Oh, you're going you're gonna to tempt me to unload now. Wes Matthews really thought the grass was greener on the other side. He left home. He left home. He was right there. Everything was going so well. Um, I don't know if he's watching. Wes, are you watching? If you are, Maybe you know. watching Madison or wherever. There was uh, certainly minutes for you in this playoff run. I don't know if you've noticed with the way things have panned out. You would have been getting plenty of playing time on this team that is now in the finals. But yeah, you know, that's in a way, maybe I shouldn't blame him because it's, you know, even Bucks fans would be like, yeah, the Lakers probably will win it over over the Bucks. So who can blame uh, Wes Madison, Milwaukee, Wisconsin to his core that he's like, you know, never trust the Bucks. Can we just, can we take Tony Snell? I feel like he deserves this. Yeah, I, I'd love Tony Snell to just, you know, come along. He, sit him on the bench. Dap up. He dapped up. Who was it? I think it might have been Brooke, actually. Brooke. Brooke didn't even. Oh, man. Credit to the books generally, because one, I just thought this was like, you know, they mean business. You know, Final Buzzer wasn't wild celebrations. No. Those celebrations didn't happen until like the trophies out there and it's something to celebrate. Big Crowder was doing the salsa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's. That was the thing that was fresh in my mind was the difference between Jay Crowder. Yeah, we do have to, but come on. Survived Cam Reddish and Kevin Durant, you know, the two best players in the NBA. <laughs> Who's afraid of Jay Crowder anymore? Me. Yeah, me too. But <laughs> I thought the, the books were one, very respectful, but two, seemed to be all about business. And I think part of that respect may have been, or there were multiple, you know, three uh, very significant books who were, I'm sure, pretty eager to get over to, to Tony Snell and talk to him. And Brooke. Brooke was right over to do that. So that was that was very, very cool to see. Snell free agent this summer? Yes. Yes. He needs to come home. He does. He really <laughs> does. Um, he needs to bring Gallo with him as well. <laughs> I'm seriously. Danilo Gallinari, you know, had himself a series. You know, I, I'm actually wearing a hat, so I'm going to tip my hat to the, to the Atlanta Hawks, who just an incredible run. Like, all time run. Look at where they were when Lloyd Pierce was fired oh, to yeah. turn the season around to get into the playoffs to get in with the seeding that they ultimately did. That took one hell of a run to then, okay, not the toughest run of games, but still they beat the Philadelphia 76ers in the conference semifinals. Like they've made what does that really say though? Well, 
you know, we all love them for it. Is what it, I it says. Uh, having the first seed in the East is not what it's cracked up to be. That's what it says. It really isn't. Really is not. No we can experience. confirm that now. Yes, we definitely can confirm. First seed is just cursed. Really, <laughs> in the East, I'll say that. But to the, to the point, Hawks Hawks deserve a lot of credit. Yes, a lot of players absolutely. who really, really played very well. And also, I won't forget, because it's not necessarily something you see, but Giannis goes down with that injury. When I woke up and I saw that news, one of the things I saw soon after, like in just searching his name on Twitter, three of the first things you saw were Trey Young, Clint Capella, and Bogdan Bogdanovich, like prayers up for Giannis, like really genuinely kind of wishing him well in a way that's really above and beyond given the circumstances. There's mm-hmm. probably a type of old school basketball fan who's not crazy about that. But for all of them, my respect went through the roof. Trey came out clearly hurt, didn't didn't have it tonight at all, but he came out and he battled. So my hat quite literally tipped to the Atlanta Hawks. Um, you know, couldn't have beaten a better bunch of guys, is what I'm saying, you know. Would I have preferred to like sweep the Raptors to get to the finals? Yeah, that would have been the dream. Um Force the Sixers into an existential crisis. We've all dreamed of that many times over recent. We've waited years. for that series for the last like five years. But yeah, we may never get it. Is no. the reality? We may never get it. But one of them is good enough to reach at least the conference finals. One of them isn't. Yeah. Like yeah, take that's... like that's again speaking to the occasion. Like everyone wants to hype up like oh Joel Embiid Ben Simmons like they are great uh, one of them's a great player Joel Embiid absolutely great player the other one yeah. um but it takes a like they they've never even made the conference finals like the Bucks have done it twice and now they just made the finals like this is it's momentous momentous but yes I echo everything you just said Adam absolute respect to the Atlanta Hawks like their their fans brought it respect to their fans too it was it was an incredible home atmosphere for them just it was a great series. It was a, absolutely a great series. They're going to be a threat in the East for a bit. <laughs> for a bit. They're a team mm-hmm. that, you know, that market, I've been through this cycle many times over my years watching NBA basketball. People are like, you know, one of these years, some big free agent is going to be like, yeah, I want to go live in Atlanta. You know, I'm going to go live in Atlanta. One of these days, the Hawks are going to land a big free agent. And Trey Young has just like exponentially increased the chances of that happening. Um, and that with the rest of the the young supporting cast they have in place, you know, the Hawks are going to do big things. And a lot that's happened this season has kind of recalibrated the way the East looks and the teams that we have viewed, like the Celtics, we viewed for quite a while. Raptors. Celtics, Raptors, Sixers, all three of those went down a peg and some of them more than a peg and may not be really back anytime soon. And that kind of reckoning. We won't the Hawks them. are the ascendants. You know, the Hawks are for the next five years. If the books kind of keep being one of the true powers in the East, is there a team other than the Nets that are a bigger threat than the Hawks, given what they could become, given what they already have? I think it would be hard to say there is now. I mean, there's always the threat of the the Knicks and their secret free agent they're going to get. Um other than that, no, like the Raptors might trade like their fake best player uh, to the Warriors. Like um, the Celtics now have a coach running basketball operations and don't have a starting point guard. Uh, that's NBA capable. Um, the Sixers are just absolutely in an existential crisis. Uh, 
The Nets are going to be good. <laughs> the Nets are going to be really good. It feels safe uh, to say the Nets will be good. Yes. <laughs> like, worst case scenario, um, even if the Nets had to tear things down at some point, I think they might be able to get some assets for some of those players. So the sure, Nets, yeah. the Nets are going to be a force no matter what way that team evolves over the years. Can it's I just flag up a, a Matt Moore tweet here? Uh, HP Basketball. Oh boy, this is something. No, this is good. Okay. Um, this is something that like we all kind of know, but just in a moment like this is kind of worth again reflecting on. So, Giannis, fifteenth pick. Drew, seventeenth pick. Chris, thirty ninth pick. Brooke, tenth pick. PJ Tucker, 35th pick, Pat, 41st pick, Bryn Forbes, undrafted, Bobby Porter's 22nd overall pick. Like, has a team ever got to the finals before with no single digit draft pick? I think it was the Raptors two years ago. That sounds right. Right? Because Lowry wasn't. Lowry wasn't. Kawhi wasn't. Gasol definitely was not. He was no, he rounder. wasn't. He was second rounder. Siakam wasn't. Yeah, that, that would be the one. Okay. So it's not that long ago at all. But before then, I don't, still... I don't actually think there would be. Like, I do think that's probably um, those two teams might be it. Like, an incredibly rare occurrence and a great feat of team building. And also something like we've just talked about the Sixers and what they've gone through. That's, that's the thing if you're like the Oklahoma City Thunder right now, or if you're any one of the tons of franchises. I guess you don't want to focus on, but then on the other side of things, the Phoenix Suns have gone the exact opposite route and they've had some luck with that and they've been able to trade picks and stuff too. So an interesting exercise in two very different approaches, very different routes to building a team that gets you to the NBA finals. So I have a question to ask. I think everybody's dying to know the answer to this. So, Adam, when are you coming to Milwaukee? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, let me just check my bank balance there and come back with the bad news. I mean, <laughs> soon, soon, uh, maybe we can aim for like ring night. I don't think it will be before that, but you know, I could, I can come along to accept my ring along with the rest <laughs> of the team. Hey, work. anyone associated with the Milwaukee Bucks, if you're listening to this, bring Adam to the finals. No, bring no, Adam no. to the finals. No, no. no. Let's do I, I tweeted a joke about this. This got very uncomfortable very quickly. I don't, I don't want some sort of grassroots movement. I'll get there. I'll get there. I promise everyone. I'll get there off my own back very soon. But No, no. Let's just have the Bucks do it. Well, I, I, I've said a lot of stuff about the Bucks. <laughs> done a lot of good stuff that's, that's for the, the, the curse of having this platform is that there's something that can track to anything we've done a lot of good over the years and um i'm not sure if many if anyone in the books would remember the good rather than maybe some of the bad hey i mean if there's one thing that we can say here at the usf podcast network is that we we try our best to cover this team objectively and that's not just 100 percent pandering i'll say um yeah what what else do we have here realistically we've i don't just... i don't think we've got much more because we're, we're not really touching the sun series and i think that's the way it needs to be mm-hmm. what that starts july 6th oh my god like 
Yeah. Tuesday. God, just even one more day, not even for the players or for Yanis or anything, just for me. That would be great, you know, just to recover from all of this. No, no, no break. We get uh, the final schedule. Is it? Uh, yeah, it starts July 6th. Um, did the times get announced too? And I just missed it. The times are going to be 8 p.m. Central. And it's Why? That's what they do. Because yeah, the there's, no, there's no other game going. Yeah, but they're marquee. Just do What's wrong seven? with seven? Yeah, What's wrong with seven? I, I, I don't disagree, but this is what they do. I hate it. You know those those ratings everybody keeps talking about the NBA. Those ratings, guys. Did ratings get better at eight? No, they nine Eastern. They they should not get better. What are you doing? Like an overtime game in the finals is past midnight. That is not a big deal to me. It's five forty one a.m. for me right now. But I know for most normal people who actually live in a relevant time zone, the idea of you know. Midnight, midweek to be up to watch a basketball game is like absurd. You should not be setting your your product up for that. You know, you should not. You can easily go an hour earlier and hit closer to a sweet spot than you would get otherwise. It's it's wild to me. I mean, this is not the most extreme example of it because you do have Phoenix right over there on one extreme of it, and the books are central time zone, they're not eastern. So I get it. I just hate it personally. I despise it. I'm going to soldier on through it. It will be tired and emotional. That's uh, that's all I can say. Yeah. My podcast performances are going to be tired and emotional throughout the NBA Finals. Yeah, we've got Tuesday, July 6th at 8 p.m. Then we've got Thursday, July 8th at 8 p.m. Then there's a little bit of a gap. They're not just doing every other day like they are for the conference finals. Uh, for Sunday at 7. Ooh, that's a 7 p.m. start. Ooh. And okay. Then, uh, Game four is again 8 p.m. and the rest are 8 p.m. So we have one 7 p.m. start central. Great. Lock me in for appearing on that podcast for sure. That's, <laughs> that's what I'll say. Now I'll be there hey. for this is the NBA finals. Exactly. Is... That was my next point. This is the NBA finals. Who cares? Who cares if I have to get up at like 6.30 a.m. the next day? That's fine. Uh, I do that every day. It's fine. Uh, but it's the NBA finals. This is a... This is literally for me a once in a lifetime thing. Like this is like I I haven't had to experience this. Like it's it's incredible. It's incredible that this is something that we get to witness. Again, 47-year-old people. If if you were 47 years old, you were an infant when the books were last year. You don't remember it. You are at least in your 50s to have any memories of the books at this this point, which is just truly incredible truly incredible indeed um yeah jordan do you have any final thoughts here final Please. thoughts yes right oh per- perfect that was great i i respect that i think that's my final thought that, that right <laughs> yeah jordan just perfect. makes a joke and he doesn't follow up the joke i don't know if you may not be used to this yet but even if he <laughs> if it's a joke that prompts some sort of follow-up he'll leave it and just be satisfied that he got the joke Yes, for sure. I guess we we could say that um, there was reporting earlier that if this uh, did indeed go to a seven-game series, that Giannis would be given the green light to play in game seven. That was a Chris Haynes report, who is very, very well locked in to uh, Giannis and 
Damian Lillard reporting? Like, the, like well, if it, per- particularly Giannis reporting, he is a man in the know. Yes, for sure. So uh, we can take that to believe that Giannis Antetokounmpo is probably going to play in the NBA Finals. Uh, yeah. Starting with just game one. 100%. Giannis again, will be playing game one. In- incredible. Imagine saying this to any of us like three days ago. It's just, it's incredible. Crazy. I mean, just just thinking even after that, and even when we knew it wasn't that bad, I still thought they'd drop a game. I just thought without them, they're going to drop one. Like, it's... Yeah, I'm going to... I wouldn't blame them. The There'd be no problem with that. But, yeah, everything, everything since that moment, which seemed like the lowest of lows, has turned out pretty good. Good news on Giannis, and then just two wins to follow it up. Yeah, I'm going to peel back the curtain a little bit here. After the uh, post-game four podcast where we all predicted that the Hawks were going to lose this game, this game six, the Bucks are going to win and advance to the NBA Finals. After we wrap recording, Adam's like, I do, oh, did yeah. we just all predict that the Milwaukee Bucks are going to win? I don't think they're going to win. They won. They won. They won. They won. Oh, in six. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we addressed that enough, realistically. Like, I know we should probably wrap this episode the up. Prophecies. Look, this was the right night now. the prophecies came true. Brandon Jennings, he said they were going to win in six. They finally won in six. Adam McGee said the Jeff T game was going to come. The Jeff, the Jeff T game came. So, you know, big <laughs> night for Brandon Jennings and me. That's really... Brandon Jennings' big night is also quite big for me, as, you know, someone with a podcast called Win in Six. Do you think but hey, to really to really make it, you know, to make it all the better, they should go and, you know, win in six again. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> they should just win in six all the time from now on. I think yeah. that's the curse has finally been broken. Let's just only win in six from now on. Just, Even in the yeah. first round against the Pistons. I'm fine with that if they win in six every time. I'll take slightly longer first round series for... Uh, Longer playoff runs in general. All I all I know is that um, my guy Thanasis is in the finals. Like, <laughs> yes, he incredible. is. He is like. There is an incredible group of players. Like, honestly, no, is in the finals. no disrespect. There is like five guys in the finals that a year from now, if you're like to me, name the books roster that made the finals. I am not going to get all. That's that's genuinely. Like, I what might I'm have a better chance of naming the 74 finals <laughs> roster than this book's finals roster in a few months because, yeah, you know, it's 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 a fun one. Uh, Justin Jackson. Yeah. Never going to remember Justin 100%. Jackson was there. <laughs> Sorry, Axel Justin. Dupin, not going to remember that. Elijah Bryant, I guess the summer and into next season will tell if any of us remember Jordan that. Will remember. Jordan will. Exactly. I will. And uh, yeah, like Diakide, Wara, and Sam Merrill, well, they've got some time to uh, determine whether we will remember that they were on this team. This is is how it is every year. It's like, no, guys, this is not. Get them on the phone with like Rashad Vaughn. (laughs) No, (laughs) exactly. Damian Inglis. Oh, my goodness. Chris Copeland. Oh, my goodness. Anyone. I don't need any book speaking to remember that sequence, Jordan. It's it's one of oh, the, yeah. the book sequences that's like burned on the back of my eyeballs from a whole time. 
the sequence that I referred to as the time Chris Copeland was chasing butterflies instead mm-hmm. of like I, I'm sure I could find that. It was definitely tweeted out at the How time. How far have we come? Very far. Very, very far. I remember convincing myself that Chris Copeland was going to be a great player on the team. It's Jason Kidd's buddy. That's what he was. Yeah, I didn't realize the the minutia of it. As was Uncle Buck. I mean, who I brought up earlier, Kenyon Martin. There was a phase where not only was there the whole Jeff Schwartz thing, um, but there was also just kids former Knicks teammates mm-hmm. were just coming in to, to play for the Bucks. Let's not think too much about that right now because no. I wanna I wanna go to sleep happy and no, not... I mean it, it's good because you it remember everything good. that you've been through to get to this moment. Everything that's led up to this moment, all of the pain, all of the suffering, all of the pulling your hair out, wondering why on earth are these things happening. I don't even need to say anything sp- anything specific. I'm sure when I said that, everyone listening probably thought of a different thing, and there's enough to do that. <laughs> Realistically, there's just been so, so much pain that has come through the years from this franchise. But they've done it. They made the NBA Finals. I'm just incredulous right now. Like it's It's incredible. It is absolutely incredible. Everyone out there, just celebrate because this is a big moment make sure you go out there and celebrate make sure you just support this team like like aaron Rodgers. yeah he's he's tweeting again four more yeah hashtag books you know he's gonna sign for the books next season this is gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) oh my they need some passing in the second unit let's be honest you know He's looking at Jeff T, and he's like, he's I mean, to Tony Romo got a, let's, got a let's see it. Come on. preseason game. Did Tony Romo actually play in that preseason game, or did he just Oh, win? my God. <laughs> okay. Is there, is there a professional sport that Tony Romo, like, he's he's played on, like, the web.com tour for golf That's as true. well. Like, he's basically, he just tries his hand at, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a pro in this sport. Was it, but... No, did he actually play, though, or is it just a No, he, remember they did, when he retired, Cuban... I can't believe. No, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I just had that image burned in my head. Tony Romo from Madison. Yeah. Have I, have yes, I imagined is. that? Yeah. He is. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, is it Madison? I believe. Yeah, I think it is. No, Burlington. Uh, oh, yeah. That's it. I just <laughs> I just Googled Tony. The board of Tony, just, too. I just I just googled Toto Robo. Toto Robo. On that note, uh, yeah, I think that's a good place to. Wrap have it you up. got a review to do or something? Or are we leaving? Yeah. That? Yes. No. Uh, I do have a review. This review have... comes from Tono Romo. You have to change your name on Twitter to that Toto Robo. Oh, this is. <laughs> uh, this is definitely the end of a post uh, post celebratory podcast. Uh, my goodness, um, we do have a a solid five star review here from Bucks fan number one. This is uh, this is the most recent review. I'm going to read it because I'm feeling good. It's... Patience, the Bucks fan number one. There we go. It's not like the first Bucks fan ever. I mean, he's been waiting a while for this. Yeah. So uh, the uh, the subject line is just Rohan with three exclamation points. Oh wow! You picked this one. I, it's the first one I saw. Uh, oh, that's okay. what we're gonna see. 
Uh, I love your podcast. It's an amazingly balanced from a Bucks fan perspective. The highs are highs and the lows are lows. I especially appreciate Rohan's perspective. As a Bucks fan, we have been conditioned to be let down in a catastrophic fashion, but yet we persevere. I hope Rohan's and mine cynical nature are crushed this year and the Bucks prevail as champions. Keep doing what you guys are doing. We'll continue to listen through the good, bad, and ugly Bucks. That is a perfect encapsulation. How did Besides, you manage to get that book? I have no idea. If it, I'm being you know, honest. how did you manage that, Rohan? <laughs> no, uh, it, we we I agree with that. I second that review. Uh, I like Rohan's perspective too. Oh, thank you. But uh, uh, aside from the uh, pandering, which is appreciated, uh, but also like I do not take compliments well, uh, so it makes me a little uncomfortable. You read them uh, pretty well. We'll see what it, uh, we'll see. <laughs> see, I'm already I'm already thrown off. But uh, just the that is a perfect encapsulation. Saying we hope the cynical natures are sort of crushed this year. That it just speaks to Bucks fans everywhere. It's 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 not over. It's not over. They still have a series to play where they can potentially etch their names in just the history books into in a greater stature than they already have. Right? Like they're already there, but they can win it all. They can absolutely win it all. We are going to see the NBA Finals. It's we don't have to be so cynical anymore. Like they've they've reached this point. I can't wait to revisit this after Game One. I don't even care. I said before the like before uh, this series that if the Bucks make the finals, like I consider this season and it's just a win. It is. Oh, this is this is a success. This season is a success. Like without question. But they are there now, and I have no doubt that everyone's feelings will shift. Give it a Those couple of days, will subside, and then you of get course, into the because you're there. And I mean, the the thing is, if they don't win it now, it's gonna hang over them again. You know, yeah. you come back next season, it's like, oh yeah, sure, they got to a finals, but can they win a championship? It's like it's easy to just go and deal with all of that in one fell swoop. For sure, for sure. But you also see like a legacy of a guy like Dwight Howard, right? Like led a team to an NBA generally, but sure, yeah, yes. led a team to an NBA Finals, and that's there in his legacy forever, forever. And now that's there for members of this team. I don't know why my first example is Dwight Howard. Not uh, not a bad example. A guy whose career I think in a lot of ways mirrors. Giannis up to this age kind of in terms of achievements there's a lot of stuff you could point to and then well this is now the point where Giannis can thankfully diverge from what Dwight's career became next because yeah he never he got to the conference finals with his team with his smaller market team the finals. team oh yeah that's right 2009 Lakers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying well you know but that doesn't count you know there's getting to the finals I mean, they beat LeBron. Okay, all right. Yeah, no, it's fair. I thought I I I forgot about that. I thought when Jordan said the Lakers, I thought you meant like last year. Oh, I forgot about that. No, that's yeah, that too. I was like, yeah, that doesn't count. I'm not counting that. You know, it's got to be the ones where he's the guy. But yeah, no fair point. Uh, yeah, but. Yeah, it's just this is a massive legacy boost for everyone involved. I think it's we should wrap this up. I already yeah. did the review. Uh, um, if you, <laughs> I'm still laughing at Toto Robo. <laughs> the, 
but yeah thank you for if you're somehow made it through this you are we're all gone Rowan. they all yes. left five mm. minutes ago no 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 the real ones are here the real ones are here um thank you for listening thank you for taking on this journey with us we are still going to continue to bring you the great coverage throughout the nba finals as the milwaukee bucks will be taking on the phoenix suns we'll have preview episodes we will have post game pods as we've been doing uh, just in general, thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep Podcast Network post game. The Winning Six podcast is here, like in full, and that's just—it's perfect. It is perfect for this night, this evening. Um, yeah, make sure you leave a review if you want to get it read on the next episode. Five stars, as always. If it's not five stars, I'm not going to read it out. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I hear fireworks going off in the background in downtown Milwaukee. It's just perfect. Uh, make sure you're subscribed on your podcast platform of choice. Check out all of the great content across the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Go Bucks! Go Bucks, everyone. Make sure you go celebrate. And we will talk to you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.